Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise base in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God and his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are boasting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed by God specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with us, leaving a write-up of it in the comment section. Or you can send it to us via email at contact at pdjministries.org. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. So I promise to share with you something that I have not, it wasn't part of the plan, but it is very important we get to understand and when you have a deep understanding of this, it is going to change your mindset and it is going to take you like you are saying deeper <laughs> i was listening to your song spirit take me deeper right yes. the holy ghost won't carry you and take you anywhere you are not, if you are not praying he's not carrying you anywhere if you are not fellowshipping with him he's not carrying you anywhere <laughs> it is in when we do the things because it's only in prayer he can take you deeper it is only when you study the word he can take you deeper. You know, sometimes we say these things and then in our faces and in our souls, we feel something is happening. I'm just telling you, nothing is happening. You are praying five minutes and you want the Holy Ghost to take you deeper. You are studying, you are not even studying the word of God. How, how does he take you deeper? It takes people who are serious. Faith is not by force. Faith is a force. Faith is a force. Faith is a force. Okay, so I'm going to talk to you about you as a child of God. And I'm going to mention three words that we see in the Bible according to the English Bible. Now, anytime you read the word of God in the English, you will find words like children. Or you'll find words like a child. Or you'll find words like sons. Or you'll find a word like babes. Okay? Babes, children, sons, or a child. Now, it is important you need, you get to understand these words. Because lack of understanding can place you in a very big disadvantage. We studied the book of Matthew concerning the um, the prodigal son. And we got to understand that based on his behavior and his thinking, even though the first brother, who was the senior, even though he was supposed to be referred to as the matured, God didn't refer to him as the matured. He rather referred the younger one 
who actually took his father's inheritance and ran away and spent the money, God actually looked at him and called him the matured son. That is to tell you that the way God thinks is different from the way we think. Children or a child is not the same definition in the word of God. A son in the word of God is not the same as a son, you know, in the earth. And we live by the spirit. We live according to God because we are born by the word of God. And so you need to understand how this God thinks so that you can, you can move with him. There are a lot of people who say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. That is true. But you look at their lives and you realize that, ah, is this a child of God? Is this a child of God? Because they look at a child of God in the, in the lens of humans as one just giving birth to a daughter or a son. But in the word of God, it is beyond that. It is beyond that. So I'm going to walk you through these phases. And I pray that by the time I'm done, you will know where you place. And then you work at it. I wanted to talk to you musicians. See, you can be a child of God as a musician. All you know how to do is to release words of songs. But your words will never carry spirit. When your words do not carry spirit, let me tell you something. You see, your spirit cannot like one song for a long time. You realize that you like this song, but after some time, it goes down. Because spiritual things are received spiritually. Now, your spirit has a song on which the Holy Spirit at the spell of that time was on it. So you can sing that song that was a blessing to you in your room. You bring it here, you sing it, and everybody's down and down and looking at you. Because that song doesn't have the flow of the Spirit. So there is a way to keep songs in the place of the Spirit. And that is what Dunsin and these three people that I like so much, that is the secret they have found. They pray more than they sing. They fellowship more than they sing. So they are not entertainers. They are releases of spirit. So it can be a normal song, yet there is a flow. There is a flow. When we are done, please note where you are and know whether you have some work to do because, you see, Christianity, age does not matter. You can be 100 years going to church, but in the eyes of God, you are just an embryo. And one can be a young person, but in the eyes of God, and according to scriptures, that person can be a matured person. That is the difference. That is the difference. Now, follow me very carefully. I know you want to write but hear me well before you write. Now, every child of God, in fact, every Christian is a child of God. That is, the, that is what you need, to, you need to note. Every Christian, anyone that is born of God, anybody that has received Jesus as his Lord and Savior is a child of God. Is a child of God. Now, God had a plan Right from the beginning. And he used the Old Testament to show us his plan. On or about how he wants to have children for himself. 
So, when God created the world, I, I taught you that he began to work with the Gentiles. He never called any of the Gentiles his children. They were just people that were on the earth who knew God and loved God and some didn't like God. Go and read Genesis chapter 3 to 5. You realize that nobody prayed unto God except chapter 5. That's when they remembered God and they prayed. Then God decided when he called Abraham or Abram or Abraham, he said from Abram, he was now going to choose a people. So God was going to choose a son. And he said, your descendants will be in slavery in another man's land. And he was talking about in Egypt. Do you remember? Show me Exodus chapter 4 verse 22. So when the, when, when, when the children of Israel came, God's intention was to adopt them and make them his sons. In other words, his children. So when God sent Moses to, to Pharaoh, he emphatically told Moses, he said, and thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Can you see the mind of God? Israel is my son. That gives you an idea of God wanting to have a family. God wants to have a family. So he said, tell the children of Israel, um, tell Pharaoh that Israel is my son, even my firstborn. That is why when Pharaoh um, put the Israelites into captivity, his firstborn, he also dealt with his firstborn. You see it? Nothing that God did actually made Pharaoh move to allow Israel to go. The first miracle that Moses performed was to turn water into blood. Let me just put this revelation there. The first miracle Jesus performed was to turn that water into sweet wine. Not blood, not vengeance. So he turned water into blood. Meaning that Charlie, the man was. But Moses didn't let the people, uh, Pharaoh didn't let them go. There was stones, hailstones that fell like rain. Pharaoh didn't let them go. Frogs invaded the city. Even into people's rooms. Pharaoh me I will let them go. But the Bible says that, and God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. There were so many things that Moses did. God did through Moses. Just so that Pharaoh can leave the firstborn to go. But Pharaoh said, uh -uh, I won't let them go. Already, he had punished the firstborn of God. But you see, then, God hadn't fully declared that they were his sons. They were, they, were, they were his firstborn. He hadn't declared yet until Moses came. There are some things God will never say, even though it's in his mind, until he brings a man to decree. If God had not brought Moses, Israel wouldn't have known. They know there was a God, but they didn't know that God has adopted them. 
until Moses brought them the story. You never would have known that God loved you until Jesus came, you see. Even though God loved you, it was in the mind of, Christ, of God. It had not been released yet. Remember on Wednesday, truth. So, God now had to strike the firstborn also of Pharaoh and every Egyptian. Now, when God struck their firstborns, Pharaoh said, uh uh uh, let them go. Pharaoh now understood the essence of firstborn. That is why it is wrong for you to feel because you are the firstborn. You have a problem, a spiritual problem. Because um, you haven't studied the word of God to understand the heartbeat of God when it comes to firstborn. Firstborn is actually the pride of every parent. So firstborn is the pride. You see, according to God, Jesus is the firstborn and his pride. You are not secondborn. We are also his firstborn. He doesn't want to have second. Didn't you understand? Of, of all his creation, we are the first fruit. That's who you are. You are the first fruit. I'm the first fruit of God. So God began to do this. Show us all these things. Now, even before, before Moses released the Israel, even when Moses was born, there was that kind of firstborn thing. You see. But we'll talk about that later. So in the mind of God, he wanted to have children. He wanted to have firstborn. Now, listen. The children of Israel, as God's firstborns, he did not give birth to them. He adopted them. He chose them. He adopted them. Can we get it clear? God did something. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6. It says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God, the Lord that had chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Why is God calling them holy people? Because everything God chooses becomes holy. Everything God chooses, he separates, it becomes holy unto him. I showed you in, in, in Genesis chapter 2, chapter 3, the first time the word holy was mentioned, it was mentioned concerning a day. When I was explaining to you that the opposite of holiness is not sin. Or the opposite of sin is not holiness. But the opposite of holiness is righteousness. Because when God separated, he said, and God blessed that day and he made it holy. He chose it and he made the day holy. So anytime God chooses you, in his eyes, you become holy. So you see, he's telling the people of Israel that for thou art an holy people. How come? The Lord thy God hath chosen thee he has chosen thee to be a special people. When God chooses you, you can become common. You become a special breed. Unto himself, not unto anyone. Unto himself. Above all people 
that are upon the face of the earth. Was that not what I said about you as well? In Ephesians chapter 1, he said, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according as he has chosen us in him to be what? Holy, without blame. You see, according as he has chosen us to be, chosen us in him before the foundation of the earth, that we should be holy and without blame before him. So his holiness, you being holy, is not to anyone. You being holy is unto him. And if he sees you holy, it's enough. <laughs> Can you see this? If this is not enough, in 1 Peter 2 9, he told you. For ye are a chosen generation. That's the first statement. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. And holy nation. A peculiar people. It's not similar to Deuteronomy 7.6. So this gives you the mind of God. That when he chooses you. You become holy. You become special. Are you special? <laughs> I am special not because of how I look. I am special because of how he chose me. He said that you should show forth his praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Can you see this? Say I'm special. Ask your neighbor, are you special? The devil will tell you that you, you've been doing this, you've been doing that, you've been doing this. You don't look special. <laughs> special and holy is not in the eyes of men. <laughs> Let's read the Deuteronomy 7 6 again. Quickly, Ni. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord. Holy people unto who? The Lord. Unto my father. Unto my neighbor? No. no. I am holy unto God. The Lord hath chosen thee to be. Anytime he chooses you, he chooses you to be. Can you see this? I'm telling you. This is, if you want to get into the depths of God, these are the things you think about on your bed. You begin to meditate on this. I'm chosen. I'm holy. Oh, not in the eyes of any man, but in the eyes of God. He chose me. And out of Christ, I came. You know, this becomes your cogitations. And I'm telling you. Otherwise, people will tell you, oh, you are not holy. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy. Tried and true. For where? He chose me to be holy. To be what? A special people unto himself. Now, above all people, above all people, above all people, above all people. Do you know who above the people are? Those outside the children, the family. When God chooses you, he places you above. He places you above. Can you have this? Can you see this revelation? He that is born from above is above all. 
I'm laying the foundation before I get into the children bit. Because even though we are all children, not all of us are enjoying what children ought to enjoy. Look, even in the Old Testament, he was telling them that he could make them special. Jesus hadn't come. He only extended his mercy upon them. But today, our mercy is not because of our performance. Our mercy is because somebody paid a price. Some, a price has been paid. It is a legal requirement that God has no choice but to extend his mercy. His, this was a free gift. But they couldn't handle it. When they couldn't handle it, what happened? God shunned them. You. God can shun you. Why? Whatever he has for you was not because he wanted to. It was because it was legally paid. This is what you need to understand. It was legally paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you understand this one, you can just praise Jesus for one hour without saying anything. Because without him, God would have, look at the life we live, even as born again. He would have changed us long ago. Because that's his style. He first of all started with the Gentiles. He changed them. Took the, <laughs> the Jews, changed them, and came for us. And he cannot change us. Because all these things that he said to them, they were not the real picture. Because they were not the people that were supposed to enjoy it. They would have enjoyed it if they would have enjoyed it if they had believed in Jesus when he came. So something happened when the Israelite when the, when the Israelites or the Jews also decided to to put all their love in the law. When Jesus came then God had to now change his mind and say, let me look for some other people. So in John chapter 1 verse 10 and 11, before 12, God made a statement through the apostle John and he said, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. So, Jesus has been in the world. Of course. <laughs> Jesus was the almighty God. Jesus was Elohim. Jesus was, Jesus was Yahweh. So, he had been around all this while, but they did not know him. They did not know him. The Gentiles, he started with them. They didn't know him. I'm telling you, go and read Genesis chapter 3, from chapter 1 to chapter 5. There was no prayer. Nobody prayed until chapter 5. Somebody remembered. And then they prayed. God was not the factor. You were born and all you do is live 969. 300 and something. They were living by grace. Of course, not by mercy. It is like if you live in a country where your children will go to school for free. You go to hospital for free. You have money to go for holidays. You live in a big house. 
Even when you spend something, they will pay you back. How would you believe God? How would you believe God? That's as there are some countries in Europe, they don't believe God. You talk to them, they don't believe God. Because everything is fine. Poor people worship God, you know? According to, according to them in their mindset. That was exactly what the world, how the world treated Jesus. Even Adam in the garden couldn't recognize him. He couldn't recognize him. He recognized the voice of the devil. He heard the voice, but he didn't recognize it. There are two different things. You can hear me, but you might not recognize it. So they heard the voice, but they did not recognize it. They heard the voice of the devil. Why didn't they recognize it? Because what God said did not sync with their thoughts. But what the devil said was in sync with what they have been thinking all this while. Thou shalt eat of all the trees in the garden. Thou shalt, you can eat of them, but this one thou shalt not touch. They had a problem. Okay, can I tell you that story is still in our system today? See, all of you can love Angie. She loves all of you. But when love does something wrong against her, instead of focusing on the rest of you that love her, she might end up focusing on this one. Finding out why love doesn't love me. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. That is life. But you shouldn't make it life. Because there are people who will respond to you. But somewhere, somehow, you are forced to tend to those who are not. When you have thousands of them who are celebrating you. But you are tending to the one or two who don't celebrate you. And you have a problem and something is happening to you. This is a very scenario in the garden. He said, look, do you remember the statement? He said, of all the trees, he said, you can eat, you can touch them. But just this one, don't touch it. Adam and Eve had a problem. Why this one? Why, why not this? So they began to have, them, have a mindset which was not in sync with what God said. So when the devil came in chapter 3 of Genesis and he said, has the Lord said that shall not eat of this tree? Then they knew somebody was speaking that story. Then the woman began to respond. Yes, he, she said of all that, uh, 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 he said unto the woman, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of, of the fruit of the trees of the garden. The woman said it, she confirmed it, that God has said, that we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, the trees, that fruit. I mean, can they eat all the fruit? So why were they focusing on one? May you look at the bigger picture and not die because of a small picture. There are many people who love you. Don't look onto the one and two who say they don't love you. And commit suicide. Only one or two are saying bad things about you. But there are many. Who are saying good things about you. Focus your energy on the good ones. 
and stop the one or two. He said, but of the trees of, in the midst of the, the, but of the fruit of the tree. When there are trees, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. So that has become a problem. And the devil said what? And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Go on. For God hath known that the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Since they were worried, Satan took advantage of their worry and brought their attention from God unto themselves. Imagine I am God. Imagine I won't die. How will I be like? How will I feel like? That's the thought Satan gave them. Immediately the devil said this. Look at the next one. And now the woman saw that the tree was good for food. I'm coming home. She was standing by the tree. She never saw it as good for food until the words of the devil came. What you see sometimes is not what it is. What you see is as a result of the words you have heard from people. And that is why you must dwell on God's words so that you can see clearly. Otherwise, you will be deceived by what you see. She's now seeing the fruit as good. Meanwhile, she has been in the garden way before the devil came. And she never saw that the tree was, for, was good for food. But immediately, and she saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes. And the tree was to be desired to make one wise. And took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. You don't know this devil. That's what the Bible says that be anxious for nothing but in all things prayer. Always try and switch and pray. Always try and switch and pray. Because this guy, I don't know what, ex these words that we are reading, perhaps that is not the fullness of the, of the reality. Maybe when we get to it, we will know exactly what happened. Listen, Adam was God. Literally. A man that can name animals he had never seen before. A man that was wrapped with God's full glory. He was not a joke. So I am one, a man that sees God come into the garden in the cool of the day. The cool of the day doesn't mean the weather was cool. Okay, the word cool in the Hebrew is ruach. Which means that God came with an entourage of angels. Which means that anytime God comes into the garden, he comes with entourage of angels. Like a president going with an entourage of ministers, etc. You know, that is how God comes. Of course. That is how he comes. He's a king. So when God comes with the ruach, and when he's coming, in the Old Testament, God sits upon the angel. He sits upon the wings. The Bible calls it the wings of the wind. Angels are called the wind. So God will sit upon an angel and then he will come with other angels and God will land in the garden and, and commune with, with, with Adam. So I am wondering, what at all did this serpent, what at all did he say? If you understand the strength of the devil, always go back to Genesis and just know that you must stick to God. You let God go. He's in. One of the questions I will ask Adam when we go to heaven is, boss, what at all did that guy tell you? 
What at all did he tell you? <laughs> that you had to listen and eat. People say we are suffering because of you. <laughs> and somebody said apple keke. If it was pepper or something, then we are there. <laughs> you know, but you see, it's not any, it has nothing to do with fruit. It's about the words that the devil spoke. The reason why you must seal your ear spiritually, seal your eyes spiritually. Listen, if you don't stick to the word of God, what you think you are seeing is not what it is. You will be seeing the forbidden tree as good for food when actually it's not clear enough. You will be hearing things when actually that is not what you are supposed to be hearing. Satan has done it before. That is his modus operandi. That is what he does. So the Bible says that let the word of God richly dwell in you. He said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I will not sin against thee. Because you step away from the word, sin takes over you. David said that I, I was afflicted because I erred, but now I have come to the word. Without the word of God, the devil has his way with you. The devil has his way with you. May we be strengthened by the word of God. All right. The devil doesn't like it when I say things like that. You know, there are a lot of people who don't have time to study the book of Genesis. Especially chapter 1 to 3. Satan won't let you. He will even confuse you. Because once you understand the seed of his thoughts, you will know how to break his harvest. Did you hear that? If you understand the seed of his thoughts, you will be able to destroy his harvest. Because you see, you know the seed. And you know the characteristics of the seed. So when it starts growing, you can tell this is not a true one. So you take your sword, the word of God, and you scatter it in the name of Jesus Christ. Let every satanic agenda that is growing out of our con uh, uh, subconscious mind, let it be broken and destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. They will not grow into fruition. They will not grow. He will not harvest. He will not harvest in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. That is how he is. So the Bible says that he came to his own. But his own didn't know him. Oh, no. He came to the world, but the world knew him not. Then he said, okay, if the world will know me, then let me select a few. The people that he said, they are my sons. He adopted them. God adopting us. God adopting flesh as my son. The Bible says that he came to his own. But they didn't receive him. These three scriptures is the entirety of, of the salvation story. He came to the world. They didn't know him. He came to his own. They didn't receive him. Then he said, let me now open to the two people. Anyone at all that will receive me, let them now become my sons. Can you see that? So then he said, but as many, but. That's why the word but is there. Because he came to the world, they didn't know him. He came to his own, they didn't receive him. Then he said, but, as many as, as many as. Now he is not literally saying you are not. Anyone at all that will receive me. He said to them, he gave what? Power. To become what? The sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Now, here is where the story begins. The word sons, it's not son, the son you know. The word sons here in the Greek is the word technon.
So now here tells you, you see, it, this one carries this, the same import of children in the Old Testament, the one we read. So now, he wanted to make the world his children. They said no. He chose a few people to become his children. They said they won't receive him. Then he said, okay, then I'm, I'm opening up for anyone. My agenda is still children. It does not matter who, but my agenda is still what? Children. Can we see the picture here? All right. So he said, and as many as received him, to them he gave the right. The word power here is the word exousia, which means right. It means that you need a right. You need to be given a right to become one of the children of God. So every born again has been given a right. Who is the right? Christ Jesus. Because once you receive Jesus into your heart, the first thing that happens to you, what do you think it is? Justification. Immediately you receive Jesus, you are justified. How are you justified? Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Being justified through faith, we have peace with God. That is when peace with God starts. You are justified. The word justified is the same word righteousness. Which means you begin to have right standing with God. Now God sees you and he has not, no problem with you. It is like going to court and having an issue and, and the judge will take the, the gavel and, and, and bang, bang, bang and say you are acquitted and discharged. In the Supreme Court, when the Supreme Court says you are acquitted and discharged, nobody can take you to any court. So in God's highest court, he took his gavel and he hit and he said, you, you are justified. There's no problem. As far as you are concerned, as far as I'm concerned, you are holy in my eyes. You are just like my son. There's no problem with you. Are you with me? Hmm. So as many as received him. So everybody that becomes born again becomes a child, receives the right. So imagine people standing, a lot of people standing outside there. Oh, you know, Jesus is the door, you see. So once you receive the right, you enter into the room. The room is called soteria. Soteria means the place of salvation. And what happens in the place of salvation? Saving. Sozo happens there. You get there, you are saved. You get into soteria, you are saved. That's what happens, yeah. So every child of God is a technon. So I'll start showing you something. So this is God's family. All everybody here in here is called a technon. Okay? So imagine everybody is here. Okay. But in the, in the family, or before we, I get into the family, let me show you a lot of scriptures just to prove this, to stir you up, okay? All right. Go to Romans 8, 14 to 17. You know the scripture very well. It says the Holy Spirit bears within it with your spirit, you see. All right. Now he says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons. Now you are seeing another word, sons here. In John chapter 1 verse 12, we saw sons. 
He said, and to them that believed and received, to them he gave what? The power to become what? Sons of God. The sons of God in John 1, 12 is not the same as this one. That's why I told you that the English is deficient in expressing the mind of God. God himself chose a language to declare his words. Greek. <laughs> Alright. So he said, for as many that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the question is that, are all children of God sons of God? The scripture here even tell you that not all. Because he said, for as many. So you are a child of God. But you might not be a son of God. Can you see the difference here? Okay. Which means that in here, there are a group that are called sons of God. Okay? Are we, are we together? Okay. Let's go on. He said, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption. I will come to this word, adoption. Whereby ye cry, Abba, Father. So this adoption that you see here is the same adoption we read in Deuteronomy and we read in Exodus. Adoption. But our adoption is not the, the adoption you know as going to children's home and adopting a child. It has that kind of explanation, but with us, that is not what it is. Can we flow? Yes, Go on. Then he said, the spirit, okay, the word is not itself. It's himself. So the spirit himself bears, bears witness with our spirit that we are the technon of God. So when you become born again, immediately the Holy Spirit comes in to bear witness that you have become a child of God. So you have come to belong to the family of God. But you are not yet a son. You are part of the children. Technon. Okay? Okay, 17. Then he said, if Technon, then what? S. S of God and joint S with Christ. Now, do you know who an heir is? An heir is somebody who has, who is a potential lord. So, your father has properties. He is not dead yet. He's willed his stuff to you. But you are not the owner yet. You are an heir. Meaning that when he's not there, today we call it nest of kings. You see, I can have one million one trillion, trillion, bullion. And, <laughs> and I can make Joshua nest of king by 60%. When he sees the document, he will be excited that he's an heir to that wealth. But he cannot enjoy it now. So potentially, it belongs to him. But in reality, it doesn't belong to him. So the Bible says that if children, if you have come into the family, if you have come into the family, 
then everybody in the family of God, as a child, as a technon, is an heir, is a potential owner of who? Of God. Meaning everything that God has also belongs to them potentially. Not in reality. Can we flow? Then he said, and joint heirs with Christ. That one too. Jesus said, all that the father has is mine. So God has, of course, look at it, it's amazing. This is just a double way to tell you that it belongs to you. Think about it this way. Everything God has, he has given to Christ. And God is saying that you, you are an heir to all he has. If you don't even believe it, everything that he has handed even over to Christ, that one too belongs to you. That is why he carefully used the word joint and not co. Because co would have destroyed the whole point. But joint means that as much as they belong to Christ, they belong to you. So if this whole board belongs to Jesus, the Bible is saying that it belongs to Jesus just as it belongs to you. Potentially. Notice the word potentially. You will now, be, you will now understand why you are saying, I, I claim this. I claim this and nothing happens. Now it belongs to all things are yours. The world, life, death, present, future. But you see yourself crying for the future. Because they belong to you potentially. Can you see it? Alright. Then he said, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified with him. I know you don't like that one. <laughs> no suffering, only glorification. Can I teach small? Okay. First John 3, 1 to 4. We are still talking about technology, okay? Oh, say, I'm a technon of God. I'm a child. Be proud. You are, you are a child of God. You know how children of the devil are excited? You know how happy they are? Share. You, know, you see them doing the thing. Those musicians, you see them. They, they won't hide. Be bold and say, I'm a child of God. Say it everywhere. I'm a child of God. Sometimes you must be confident about it. Be bold to say, I am excellent. Didn't you read? He said he chose us to be a peculiar people. Do you agree to that? Are you a peculiar person? So why are you shy to declare that I'm a peculiar person? Who says I'm fine? You have said, okay, what does I'm fine mean? How are you? I'm fine. What, what does he mean? I'm okay. The believer is not an average believer. We are not average. We are above all. The Bible says, he that is born from above is above all. Of his own will, he begat us by the word of truth that we should be a different kind of all his creation. How can you be average? How can you be average? When they ask you, you see, when you say I am fine, 
You put yourself in a situation where when things are not right for you, you can't respond. The day you don't have my when they ask you, how are you, Charlie? <laughs> but we don't say we are, when we say we are excellent, we are not talking about our external happenings. We are talking about who we are in Christ and how perfect our spirit is. I'm excellent. Look, in the, in the book of Peter, First Peter, I think 4, 3, he says that, Second Peter, he says that, for he has called you unto glory and excellence. That's what you have been called to. Show them. First Peter 1, eh? Second Peter 1, 4. 1, 4. Look at it. Whereby are given unto us exceeding and great precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the Godhead, the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Uh-huh. And be... And be, go to verse 3. According as he has given us all things that pertains unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath. No, I can't hear your voice. He has done what? You have been called to glory and excellence. It's a calling. It is a calling. It is not something you decided. It is a calling. The word virtue there is the word excellence. Show us amplified. For his divine power has bestowed upon us. Has bestowed upon you. Has bestowed upon us. All things, not some things. That are requisite and suited for life. And what? Godliness. Through the fool personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own. This is what you have been called to. So now the choice is yours if you want to live an average one. That's why you can't dress anyhow. That's why you can't eat anyhow. That's why you can't talk anyhow. Why? Because you have been called to glory and excellence. That's what you have been called to. So you are a child of God. Don't be shy about it. Don't be shy about it. One day get out from your room and shout, Thank God I'm a child of God. Do you know what it means? It's a big thing to say. That you belong to the family of God. Let the devil hear your voice. Every time he wants you to know that you are a family of Yamenu. Oh. Oh, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Look, you received a right. You received a ticket to be part of it. You see, you might not appreciate it. The day you receive a ticket to go to America, everybody will know. Right? But you couldn't have gotten to America without a visa and a ticket. In fact, you could even have a visa, but without a ticket... Now you too, you have received ticket. You have received the right to become the sons of God, the children of God. 
and you are not excited about it, let your own heart know that you are a child of God. Don't be hiding. Don't be hiding. Are you a child of God sometimes? He has bestowed upon us. He said everything that pertains to life, you have no idea. Everything you need in this life, it has been given. Everything you need concerning godliness. Oh, Christianity is difficult too. That everything you need, the Bible says it has been given. Look at it. Requisite and suited. You have it. But you see, the more you remain, because I'm coming to talk about the children, your level of understanding and appreciation is determined by how you look like in the family. Are you ready? Look at Ephesians. Have you read 1 John 3? Okay. 1 John 3, 1 to 4. This is what I want you to read. The sons you see there is children. One, go. Hold on. Go back. We'll come back to we'll come to two. I want you to read it again. See it. Look at the look at God's heartbeat. Knowing that you are his child. Read it again. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us for what? That we should be called the technon of God. The children of God. This is God's love expressed that you should be called because not everybody has the right to be called a child of God. He said this is God's if you are a child of God, you are, it's an expression of the love of God. So you say, oh, thank God I'm a child of God. You, you appreciate and you embrace the love. He's telling you his love for you is because you are a child of God. Now look at the verse 2. Read one go. Now are we the sons of God? Now are we the children of God? Now are we the technon of God? I am the technon of God. See, no wonder he said, and it does not appear what we shall be. Because we don't even get it. You are my, you'll be my, if you get American lottery and become an American citizen and a passport, you'll be more excited than being a Christian. Yeah. You'll be more excited than being a Christian. That's the truth. I won't mean words. God says you are. Look at the. Didn't you read the verse one? He said, "What manner of love? What manner? Just passport. 
All people are saying, actually, when I get that passport, I'm okay. Because when you get American passport, there's no country you cannot go to. You don't need visa for a lot of countries. If that can be said about a nation, can you just imagine what can be said about you when you live and transcend from eternity? No, there are some people that see America, UK, Canada, Europe. They hype it more than they being a Christian. Forget about the Christianity thing. I'm a Christian now because I'm looking for a visa. When they get to America, when they come to Ghana, everybody must know about the things in America. But the things in Zion, they are in your word of God. Why don't you see them and start telling people about the things in Zion? You see? The Bible says that where your heart, where your treasures are, that's where your heart is. You know, there's some people that silently they will come to me, you know, they want to travel, they want to do, and I look at them. When I look at their Christian life, you can see that they can, this, you know, people even pray and say, God, America or I die. No, this is not a story. When we, you know, when I was in the university, these are some of the crazy things people used to do. They go and pray on Padjo Park. Pray, kayata, 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 because every vac, people go on holidays. And when they come, boga, boga, boga. And the people's prayers, America. Because you want to pride that I have been here for. He said, now are we the sons of God. And he said, even what you are now by your spirit, he said, there's coming a time where your body, your flesh, shall be changed. And you shall be like Jesus. If your mind is not on this one, I wonder where your mind is. Look, the time is short. There are better things to put in your mind and focus. I'm not saying don't travel. But don't make traveling God. It is not everybody that travels that makes it. It's not assured. There are people here that don't travel. They make it. You think it's where you go? It's the God you have. And God was with Joseph. But they've, they've, you know, brainwashed us. Not some of us. Some of you. Don't let traveling. Look, your heart must be about the things of God. That is your reality. That is your reality. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, that is your reality. Some of you, because of the cold, when you go to abroad, you will never go to church ever again. No, you know, it rains here, 25 degrees, mommy. 25 degrees here, 27. And you are doing this while I'm cold. And it's snowing Sunday morning. And you think, no, you think you. You think you put on your winter jacket and you say, why, why, carry your Bible, say, why are you going? Tell it, unless God had carried you. <laughs> now you see how I thought 25 degrees. Sometimes you see the way people have, what, and when you check the temperature, ah. Say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Let the devil hear your voice. I'm a child of God. 
be proud about it. This citizenship is far more better than any citizenship. I'm telling you. Can I show you? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 and 19. Show me TPT. Do you know the citizen that you are? The country. Charlie, daddy, when I go abroad, I'll bring you dollars. Ah. Look, at, look, at, look at where your faith is. So, so until you go, you see, you have put limitation over your life. So until you go abroad, you cannot handle dollars. You cannot handle euros. This is what you are telling, you are telling yourself. And now, because we are united to Christ, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. Go on. So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. This is who you are. You have all the right as a family member. See, without this mindset, you are sick. Things are happening. And you are calling heaven. You see, you are calling heaven as a foreigner. You didn't hear me. Read it. Say, you are not foreigners or guests. But rather, you are children. But rather, you are children of the city. Of the holy ones. With all the rights. As family members of the household of God. So when I'm in a particular situation, I, when I call for heaven, I don't call like a foreigner. Because I have the right as a family member. So when I'm saying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let angels of God be deployed now. I am not speaking like a foreigner. I'm speaking like one that has a right as part of the family. So there are a lot of Christians who pray and invoke things from heaven, not as children but as foreigners. Can you see it? When he told you, what you shall bind here is bound in heaven. What you shall lose is loosed in heaven. Why? Because you are a citizen from that place where you are calling for the help. So if that guy, that Muslim guy says that America will look for him, how much more you a citizen of heaven and you are saying the devil has taken charge over me. What is heaven doing about your life? He said you are sick. The sickness is not going. And you are sick. You see, you have never come to understand that you are a citizen. We have an American uh, ambassador here. When he is sick, they will never carry him to Kolibu. They will never carry him to 37. When he is sick, American embassy, they have a jet under there. A couple of them. Master, they will put him in one. You will not even know he was sick. They will fly him. Take him back to his country. That is why the first thing to do when you are sick is to call home. Call home. They know you well. Maybe your oxygen is getting finished. <laughs> Maybe your liver is failing. They don't have liver here. But they will look. I've prayed for people, and in a vision, 
I've seen people's hearts being replaced. Because heaven, their home, is bringing their body parts are there. Your body parts are not here. You are a child of God. I said you are a child of God. I'm not a foreigner. So don't pray like a foreigner. Oh God, if thou mayest bless me. Uh -uh -uh. See, I've, I'm, I'm old. My father is very old. Today, I've not been home in a while. When I go home today, and my father, when I'm entering into the house, I don't enter like a foreigner. Is that what you do? You open and enter. Is that correct? When you go and your father is eating, hey, Charlie, wait here. Because I am a member. I have the right as a family member. I don't go there and do, yes, sir. Pacho. No. You don't ask permission. You just wash your hands. That is the right you have. That is who you are. Make use of the right as a family member. And stop behaving like a foreigner. listening to this message we believe you have been blessed by it we are word and spirit and we invite you to worship with us you will fall in love with our wednesday teaching service christian raymond night at 6 p.m encounter the supernatural in our prophetic service on friday at 6 p.m and sit under the reign of heaven in our frenesis service on sunday at 8 a.m Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-Eljedu, and on Instagram at Prophet Danny-Eljedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. To receive our weekly newsletters, please subscribe to www.pdgministries.org. You can contact Word and Spirit International on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-54937-7290 or plus 233-50432-8959 or plus 233-2751-00800. So many people have received testimonies by listening to these podcasts. Now, if you are one such person, share your testimony with us by leaving a write up of it in the comment section or send it to us via email to contact pdgministries.org you were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world you are blessed Name, victory.